G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When children ask about evil, they're primarily wanting to know why doesn't God do something about it? That's really where they're going to. So from a child's perspective, the problem is not recognizing that evil exists. They recognize it. They've got a pretty good dial inside of them, and they have their sense of, hang on, that's not right. You know, part of our role as parents is to answer our children's questions. And as they grow older, those questions can grow deeper and deeper. Questions like, what's it all about? Why am I here? Does God exist? And why does he permit evil? I'm Eric Scadabo, and on today's Focus on the Family Australia, we'll discuss some of these big questions of life with Pastor Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne. He and his staff have developed a tool to help answer some of these big questions, and he'll share some of his insights on today's Focus on the Family Australia. Dale? Welcome back to the program. Yes, thank you, Eric. Glad to be back. Glad to have you with us. And some of these big questions in life, have your own children ask you some of these questions? Yeah, absolutely they have. I have four children. Uh, They're now age 25, 23, 19, and 17. And uh, you can't raise children without them having the most profound questions coming off their lips. And so as a dad who's a Christian and who's got some role of leadership, yeah, my children had lots of questions for me as they grew up. And that's good for them to kind of sort this all out. Absolutely. It's fantastic for kids to have questions. It's the only way that conviction can develop. And really, they're building their own toolbox. Mm-hmm. It can kind of come out sounding like unbelief. But in reality, they're building up their own toolbox that they can draw from uh, with their own friends and, uh, and mates who might ask them questions. I mean, these questions are going to come up sooner or later, and it's probably better that they talk to you about it than maybe be confronted with some cynical skeptic who says, ah, you're not going to go to church or believe that God stuff, are you? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. It's a good thing, a really good thing for the kids to have questions. And and what's even better is to have a a parent-child relationship which is safe, which is affirming, and so that these sort of questions can come out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so if there's a lot of love and a lot of laughter in the home, that helps a lot, and that way People can ask the questions without feeling like the relationship's getting endangered. Okay, and one resource that you've developed to kind of get the conversation started is this DVD called Ask Anything. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about why you made this DVD. Okay, so we created the Ask Anything uh, DVD to actually facilitate people having conversations with their pre-Christian friends. So we're actually trying to set Christians up in a way that they were able to chat with their mates. Each session is 10 minutes long. Uh, It deals with some of the primary questions like, does God exist? How can there be a loving God when there's so much suffering in the world? Problem of God and evil, like why doesn't God do something about this? Is the Bible reliable Mm -hmm. and is Jesus worth considering? We just sought to address uh, those in a really brief way and in a way that precipitated further conversation. So people can cluster together, they can watch a 10-minute session and then just let the river cut its path. And on today's program, we're going to listen to this segment on the DVD about God and evil. So we're going to listen to this. It starts with Dale. We kind of have to get this visual picture that you're going into a prison. So let's listen to part one of the discussion on God and evil. 
had the opportunity once to visit a prison and meet with some of the older inmates. They were serving at the tail end of a lifetime sentence. And I was struck by how normal these men were. One even reminded me of my grandfather. I thought to myself, we all have the capacity to do evil. I don't need to be convinced of the presence of evil in the world. I only have to turn on the television or open the newspaper and I see that every day evil is happening all over the world. We can go to the Congo in Africa or Darfur, we can go to the Holocaust in Europe, the killing fields of Cambodia, or even the way some Australians have treated some of our indigenous community. Gee, you only have to go to the streets of Melbourne on a Saturday night. Humanity has an incredible capacity to do evil. Some people ask, where is God when there's so much evil in the world? But the other question we need to ask is, where is humanity when there's so much evil in the world? We have to deal with the presence of evil and we have to deal with it conceptually. Richard Dawkins in his book Out of Eden puts it this way, in a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt and others are going to get lucky and you won't find any rhyme or reason to it or any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at the bottom no design, no purpose, no evil and no good, nothing but blind pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares, DNA just is and we dance to its music. Dawkins' way of reconciling the presence of evil in the world is to say it just is. Actually, he says it just isn't. Remember, there is no design, no purpose, no evil and no good. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Well, that doesn't resonate well within me. I have an innate sense of that which is evil and that which is good. I can't be neutral on the whole deal, saying it's simply caused by DNA. I sense that which is good and evil and I can tell the difference between the two. Now, if I'm prepared to acknowledge the universal presence of evil in the world, I also have to be prepared to acknowledge the universal presence of good. And I believe the source of that good is God. University lecturer challenges the student body. Does anybody believe that God created everything that exists? Well, one brave student put up his hand and said, yes, sir, I believe that God created everything that exists. The lecturer said, well, that means that God created evil since evil exists. And according to the principle that our works define who we are, therefore God is evil. Well, there's an awkward silence in the student body. And then the student replies and says, sir, do you believe in darkness? The lecturer says, well, of course I believe in darkness. The student said, sir, darkness actually doesn't exist. Darkness is but the absence of light. We can measure light. We can break light into its spectral colors, but we cannot measure darkness. Then the student said, sir, do you believe in cold? The lecturer said, of course I believe in cold. Again, the student said, well, with respect, sir, cold does not exist. Cold is but the absence of heat. Then the student said, sir, do you believe in evil? Well, the lecturer said, well, I've already said that I believe in evil. The student said, I believe evil is a byproduct of the absence of good, the absence of love, the absence of God. And just as darkness is the absence of light or cold is the absence of heat, so evil is the absence of love, the absence of goodness, the absence of God. Could it be that we're setting ourselves up for a downward spiral in our neglect of God? It's worth noting that science does much better with what than why. 
So if my children were to make me bacon and eggs for breakfast, science can tell me what's on the plate, how much fat, protein and carbohydrate, but it can't tell me why, because it can't measure love and relationship. And we're moral people, that's the way that we relate to one another. In his book, Why Should I Be Moral?, Kai Nielsen writes, We have been unable to show that reason requires the moral point of view. Pure practical reason, even with a good knowledge of the facts, won't take you to morality. So if pure practical reason won't take you to morality, what will? I'm a person who knows the difference between good and evil and right and wrong. I want a more just world, and you probably do too. And if pure practical reason is not going to take us there, what will? And that's an excerpt from the DVD, Ask Anything. Specifically, that's the part of the DVD dealing with the question of God and evil. There is so much that we just heard from that little excerpt from the video. That's a lot to unpack, especially if you're talking to your children about that. Anything that jumps to mind? Well, frequently, Eric, when children ask about evil, they're primarily wanting to know why doesn't God do something about it? Mm-hmm. That's really where they're going to. So from a child's perspective, the problem is not recognizing that evil exists, which is more of an academic argument. And so Dawkins and the like would kind of challenge whether evil is real or whether it's just subjective. From a child's perspective, they recognize it. They've got a pretty good dial mm-hmm. inside of them, mm-hmm. and they have their sense of, hang on, that's not right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not just. They wouldn't use the word just, you know, but they feel it. Mm-hmm. And then frequently from the child's perspective, well, why isn't God doing something about this? And that frequently is, is the point of conversation, and that pushes right back into the way that God made us, that he is a God of love and all those sorts of things. Now, of course, depending on how old your children are will depend on how sophisticated their questions are, but mm. I'd, you know, if they're getting 16, 17 years old, mm. questions like, well, does God exist in this Christian worldview that I was raised in? Mm-hmm. Does it hold up? Does mm-hmm. it hold water? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we just heard that quote from Richard Dawkins, and it's saying that, you know, he's basically an atheist, that mm-hmm. the more sophisticated worldview is the materialistic worldview, that we are basically the product of time plus chance and matter, mm-hmm. and there is no supernatural. Mm-hmm. And as that quote, uh, let me quote it, that you read in there, it says, the universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at the bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, and no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is, and we dance to its music. That seems kind of hopeless to me. Yeah, it's a fascinating quote, and that quote is not consistent with people's experience in the the Mm day-to-day of life. Mm -hmm. We all have this little meter inside of us And when we hear that something's happened and we have that sense of, that's not right. Mm -hmm. We hear about uh, a woman who gets raped uh, in a park and we say, that's not right. And there are so many things. We'll hear about uh, international aid money being sent to a country and then some kind of evil dictator or the bureaucracy. They grab it and nothing makes it through to the poor and the rich get richer. And we say, it's not right. You know, so we have a little kind of meter inside of us that kind of challenges these things. So while Dawkins might say that there's just kind of this blind, pitiless indifference in the universe, that is certainly not what's taking place inside humans. Mm-hmm. Humanity has this incredible uh, moral predisposition. Now, it 
does get kind of swung around a little bit by the whim and way mm -hmm. of every society. But nonetheless, there is yet to be a society that doesn't have some profound sense of what's right and what's wrong, mm -hmm. who doesn't speak it up and then a attempt to live by it and keep each other accountable to it. And Australia certainly does. Mm -hmm. And we can even be quite contradictory around uh, some of that sort of stuff. Like on the one hand, uh, we might kind of celebrate sexual freedom. But then on the other hand, if someone is a sporting star and they've been unfaithful to their wife, you watch the sponsorship oh, yeah. leave oh, yeah. them like a flood, you know, just mm -hmm. a, a little evaporate. And so we're a little bit kind of contradictory in, in the way we live it out. But nonetheless, what it does say to us is humanity is moral mm -hmm. and we feel it and we live by it. And that's also why we experience the feelings of guilt when we do something wrong. And in fact, if someone never feels guilt when they do something wrong, we call them a sociopath or a yep. psychopath. They're actually a very dangerous person. So we don't live by this kind of premise that Dawkins sets up, that the universe just shows this blind, pitiless indifference, there's no good, there's no evil, you know, we just kind of dance to this in this vague kind of domain and that's just completely inconsistent with the human experience. And that stands in stark contrast with the innate view that well, the universe is personal. It matters if I do something wrong. I feel guilty. Yeah, it's a personal universe. The Bible says that we're actually made in the image of a loving God. Mm -hmm. And that we are made for relationship, uh, to live in relationship with him, to live in relationship with one another, and that love is the highest value, and, and that will sometimes lead us to self-sacrifice, and it will cause us actually to moderate our behavior for the greater good of others and, and the like. But the whole domain of being in relationship with God actually leads us to live out our lives in a way. The, the Bible language speaks about living in the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. and what it, what it looks like to live under the beautiful rule of God, and what it looks looks like to live in relationship with Jesus, and that certainly has boundaries for our personal good and for the good of our families and the broader society. And I guess to sum it up, what the Bible tells us about evil and good, and it makes a difference whether we choose good over evil, that resonates inside of me. I know it's right to do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we feel guilty when we action something which is against our own conscience. And so now that conscience is in us. I'd, I'd say we're people who are made in the image of God. We have a willful capacity, and we do well to kind of respond to kind of the, those inner promptings with regards to honoring what's right in our person. Okay, we're just getting to the beginning of this topic. We're going to have more. We're talking with the pastor of Crossway Baptist Church, Dale Stevenson. Our topic today, our big question we're talking about is the topic of God and evil. And we'll have more of this discussion when we return right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Focus on the Family Australia, where we're dedicated to helping families thrive. We achieve this through our radio programs, parenting and relationship seminars, and resources. If you'd like to find out how you can partner with us to help more Australian families thrive, our website is families.org.au. That's families.org.au. 
And welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia, where today we're talking to Dale Stevenson. He's the pastor at Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne, and we're talking about God and evil. Dale and his staff have developed a resource called Ask Anything. It's a DVD which contains several of the big questions of life. Before the break, we heard an excerpt from that DVD, and now we're going to hear more regarding the topic of God and evil. Here's Dale Stevenson. If there is a God, and I believe there is, then there's such a thing as good and evil. We acknowledged earlier that humanity has an incredible capacity to do evil to one another, but we also have the capacity to do good and to love. The way the Bible puts it is that God made us volitional agents. That is, He gave us the capacity to choose. We can choose to do good or choose to do evil. We can choose to love or choose to hate. We can choose to accept or choose to reject. All of the potential is within us. I read somewhere that money can buy you a dog, but it can't buy the wag of his tail. Power can't secure affection. Affection is a lot more independent than that. And while God is all-powerful, He doesn't impose Himself upon us. As a relational God, He invites us into relationship with Himself through Jesus Christ. In Him, we can live in God's ways. We can choose to love and to do good. But also, we have the option of rejecting Him. We can live however we want. But of course, there's a consequence to that. Definitely not suggesting that if a person doesn't believe in God, that somehow they become evil. There are a lot of really delightful people who don't believe in God. But I am posing this question. If God is totally removed from the picture, where do we get our sense of good and evil from, or right and wrong? Dawkins says it's just entirely random, that there is no such thing as good and evil in the universe. Or Nielsen says that pure practical reason won't take us to morality, and yet we know we're moral people. If the notion of good and evil is entirely subjective, we are in a really dysfunctional world. I can remember pulling up in a car park alongside a beautiful car. It was like a collector's item and the driver, big guy, he was still sitting in the car. So as I got out of my car, I was very careful with my door not to bump into his car. But simultaneously, I managed to lose control on my mobile phone. I leant forward to catch it. I hit my own head on the door. It swung open and banged into his car. While this big guy got out of the car, I thought he was going to break me in half. And I was apologizing like my life depended upon it. So here's the deal. If the notion of good and evil is entirely subjective, I can rationalize to myself why what happened there is not evil. If the guy wasn't so big, I could say to him, hey, you can afford to repair it yourself. Or I could say, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to do it. I can think of multiple reasons why I can excuse myself that that event was not evil, but the big guy would still be upset. And while Dawkins may describe the universe as expressing blind, pitiless indifference, people don't express themselves like that. There are certain things that are self-evident to us. It's self-evident that it's evil for a man to sleep with another man's wife. It's self-evident that it's evil for children to be caught up in the sex trade. It's self-evident that it's evil for politicians to make personal gain by misappropriating international aid monies. You see, we all have a moral compass within us. And we need to ask, where did that compass come from? The Bible says that evil entered into the world through a personality called Satan. Jesus described him as the father of all lies. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Evil can affect entire societies. When Don Richardson went to work amongst the Sawi people of West Papua, 
the way that the men got status and standing in that society was to befriend someone from a nearby tribe and when they became the best of friends they would murder them and eat them. They were a cannibalistic society. They called it fattening the pig for sacrifice. When they first heard about Judas Iscariot betraying Jesus, Judas was the hero. In our Australian society, we have evils that plague us as well. Whether it's to do with drug abuse, whether it's to do with street violence and alcohol abuse, the breakdown of marriage, there are evil elements that are taking place. They are very unhelpful and they are really unhealthy. We have an incredible capacity to love and do good. But could it be that in our benign neglect of God that we've created some sort of vacuous hole where evil can prosper and develop within our lives? Or could it be that in our neglect of God we've lifted our moral rudder out of the water, we've cut ourselves adrift so that we struggle to even discern the difference between good and evil? That was a segment from the soundtrack from the DVD called Ask Anything, and specifically, as you just heard, that segment was dealing with God and evil. But I wanted to go right back to the beginning of that segment that we just heard. First of all, before the break, we talked about we all know that evil exists. And then you start talking about this whole idea that we have freedom as human beings to choose good or evil. Yeah, sure. The Bible affirms that we're actually made in God's image and God is love. And therefore, we're made with this willful capacity. Love cannot be real in the absence of choice. Mm-hmm. So if we've got the capacity to choose for God, we've also got the capacity to choose against God or for good and against good. And so we all have kind of this choice capacity. Mm-hmm. We are volitional beings and that graces planet Earth with the capacity for beautiful expressions of self-sacrifice and love. It also curses Earth with the capacity for people to reject God's will and ways and for us to do evil. And that is real for people. Now, a lot of people have that sense of, well, why doesn't God, like, do something about it? Yeah, why does he even (laughs) permit evil to exist in the first place? (laughs) Sure. And it's permitted as a byproduct because he is love. Mm Mm-hmm. And so as a loving God who expressed himself in us and we are people who can love and therefore who can also reject and hate. So evil actually becomes a byproduct of that whole scenario. And it's not that God hasn't done something. He has done something. He actually stepped into our world in the person of Jesus Christ who came proclaiming a thing called the kingdom of God. That is what it looks like to live in relationship with God and in his will and ways. And it's good and it's loving. It's just and it's right. It's very considerate of people, you know, where, where to love our neighbors, ourself, and the like. So Jesus did come both proclaiming that, demonstrating that. He ultimately gave uh, his own life as a sacrifice so mm-hmm. people could be reconciled to God and enter into this whole different domain of, of a way to live uh, with him and with one another. So he permitted evil to come into existence. Sure. But it wasn't his intent. Ideally, he would like everybody to choose him. Sure. And, and never do anything evil. Sure, absolutely. Well, the Bible says that, and it's declared right up front uh, that God would have it that none should perish, but mm-hmm. all should have everlasting life. And yet, quite clearly, uh, people are doing all kinds of things, and people are choosing uh, to reject God as well. That is their prerogative. Mm-hmm. People can choose to do what they will. And there's both spiritual consequence and there's social consequence to the sort of decisions that people make. We then live uh, with the consequences of our decisions. Some people find themselves very isolated from other people because of the sort of choices they're making. The way they're choosing to live is very isolating and people don't want to be near them because they don't feel like they're a safe person. Mm -hmm. 
Similarly, we can find ourselves isolated from God because of the sort of choices we're making. We want to reject his will and his ways. We want to reject relationship with him. And then we wonder why God seems like he's a long way away. Okay, we're running out of time. Do you have some concluding comments to kind of wrap up our conversation about God and evil? Well, in as much as we opened with regards to the conversation that we might have with our children, uh, I'd encourage parents to be prepared to dialogue with their children, both to acknowledge the reality of evil in our world, to affirm that God is good, that God actually helps us to do what is right, that we are actually to resist evil and that it's an expensive thing, uh, personally expensive to mm-hmm. resist evil. You know, We're all tempted to do that which is wrong. Yep. That's the very nature of temptation. Uh, Jesus embedded it in the Lord's Prayer where he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from Evil, evil yep. and there it is, you know, mm-hmm. embedded in the Lord's prayer. And so, for us to say to our kids, "Hey, come on, God will uh, stir in your heart what's right and what's wrong. Recognize it. It's good for our kids to kind of develop their sense of being able to recognize what's good, and what's evil, and for them to develop, you know, flex the muscle of what it looks like to resist evil. And we'll help to raise more wholesome and winsome and loving people uh, as we encourage our children in this way." I think it's all perfectly embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. I have encouraged my own children. I encourage others as well. Get to know him. He has a wonderful way of bringing the best out of any person. That's right. And he'll empower you to be able to choose good. In reality, we don't have the capacity to do it ourselves, but yeah, God helps us. That's right. Thank you so much for being our guest today. You're welcome. Dale Stevenson is the pastor at Crossway Baptist Church, and the resource we've been talking about is called Ask Anything. To find out more, you can go to the website askanything.com.au. That's askanything.com.au. We love to hear how focuses encourage people. So please email us on response at families.org.au or call us on 1300 300 361. For more family advice, our website is families.org.au. On behalf of the entire team here at Focus, I'm Brett Ryan inviting you to join us again for another edition of Focus on the Family Australia. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.